Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you hungry for adventure? Do you crave hilarious and perilous tabletop campaigns? Don't bother rolling perception, pal. We've got you covered. Behold! Dungeons and Doritos, nerdy shows, epic tabletop audio drama, a cinematic serial of mayhem-filled, morally questionable quests at DungeonsAndDoritos.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Believe in my dream for me. Believe in my dream just for me. And we'll break the mold. Welcome to All Caps, a nerdy show aside. Hi, I'm Cap. And in the prior episodes of what is going to become known as the All Caps Quadrilogy... I stumbled my way through the premise of doing a show that was just me talking out into the black, dark void of the internet. And last episode, I got so fed up with it that I did a call-in episode where people phoned up Nerdy Show's phone number and we talked about random things. That, I felt, went pretty well. I I could vibe off of that. But then, you know, I was spending the entire episode saying, all right, well, this is a call-in episode, so everybody please call me. And then I thought, well, hey, you know, in the prior episode, before the call-in episode, I talked about long-lasting friendships and the friendships that myself and a great many of the Nerdy Show Network's personnel have had over a very long period of time. So I thought, why don't I unify all these things that have been happening in all caps and actually have not a call-in episode, but a call-in episode. So with me, for far from the first time and definitely not the last, it's Colin Chapman-Peterson. Hey! Glad to be here. I'm so excited to be on All Caps. So excited. <laughs> it's no longer All Caps. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, what, it took two episodes for me to bring someone else into this show. <laughs> I love All Caps. I think All Caps is one of the greatest things that I've ever heard in my entire life. You're its biggest fan. I am. I am. I am. I am your biggest fan. Oh, Colin, I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty great that we love each other. I think that's that's, right. We've known each other for quite a long time. Yeah. I mean, ludicrously long time. Um, Pre grade school, pre, I don't know if it was preschool. It was certainly, it was preschool, but was it officially (laughs) preschool? I'm not really sure. It was some Montessori nonsense. Who can fucking say? It's been a long time. I've known Colin, and I don't know how often or if ever we've discussed this on Nerdy Show. I've known Colin longer than any person outside my immediate family. Yep. We have no prior memory of existence without each other. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I can't remember when I first met you. Can you remember when you first met me at all? Anything? Sure can't. Yep. Impossible. Impossible. The closest memories that come to when that would have happened, we already know each other. (laughs) (laughs) 
honestly like the the my earliest memories i have of you are like at your house your old old house and this is back uh, in fort lauderdale folks yes fort lauderdale and just like hanging around playing video games ish but mostly playing hide and seek and going around outside and playing with cats i was gonna say if you remember playing video games with me at my house then that would have been way after we knew each other because my parents wouldn't let me touch a video game system until a couple years into the life cycle of the super nintendo i finally convinced them that i wouldn't sacrifice the outdoors completely for video games yeah, I do remember playing Harvest Moon. That's that even was... later. Harvest Moon was a later era Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, man. I, they all jumbled together. You know, memory's a funny thing. Like, I do remember us being together in that Montessori school for a little bit, but it's really just an expression of just images and thoughts. It's not really anything concrete. Do you remember the roller skating rink? Oh, the Sunrise uh, Sunrise roller skating rink. Yeah, totally. Yeah, RIP. Yeah, yeah, that was a good spot. The distinct smell of the air fresheners you use on shoes and sugary candy at this, you know, vending counter where kids blow all their money and an incredible rotation of arcade games all the way through the 1990s. It's a funny thing that you brought up that roller rink because the last time that I went to that roller rink was when I was 13. I was with my dad and, you know, when you're 13 and you're with your dad, you're like trying to rekindle that you know, elementary school relationship. You're trying to rekindle the relationship or he's trying to rekindle the relationship? I think it's a mutual thing. I think that's just with all fathers and sons, like at that point in your life. Yeah. You're not like, oh, dad, I can't believe you dragged me out. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be seen with you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And so okay. the reason why I remember I, it was, I was 13 was because there was a moment in the cycle of songs where it was like, okay, teenagers only, right? And so I kept skating, and the ref, like, pulled me off the rink. He was like, nah, nah, man, you're not 13. My dad, like, stood up for me, and he was like, no, he's 13, and this is when he was born. I mean, he was, like, pulling out baby pictures and shit, and the ref was like, nope, <laughs> nope, 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 definitely not. And I, and I felt so – I actually still regret it because I got off the rink. And that's one of those things that, like, stick out to me because – my dad like stuck up for me and then I didn't follow through with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's one of the, th- you know, those like formative childhood experiences mm. that like shape aspects of your life later. That was one of those experiences was at that roller rink. It's just interesting that you brought that spot up. Well, I mean, I think for, for both of us, it was a pretty prominent spot. It was the go-to place where inevitably if you were in Fort Lauderdale, in like the, the southern corner of Fort Lauderdale, chances are you were going to probably have some field trips or some summer camp trips to this roller rink. Inevitably, yeah. everyone of our age group was there at some point in time and people before us, but not people after us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's because they wouldn't let, you know, actual 13-year-olds, you know, skate, so they shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I had this, un- you're usually the person who has the dreams, and I... You had a dream? I had a crazy dream about you last night. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's weird. It was, a- I woke up this morning feeling really guilty because... <laughs> what did we um, do? What happened? So, Spill was in jail. And for some reason involving Star Wars action figures, I don't know the whole story, but there was, he, he stole action figures from a store that he had to have because he went on this long diatribe about how it gave him the, the Star Wars childhood feels, these action uh-huh. figures, and he had to have them. So he took them and they were thousands and thousands of dollars. So it was grand theft. So he was in like for real jail. 
<laughs> and he went to jail and you and Rex and Doug. It was basically like the State of the Empire. <laughs> State of the Empire group like got together to, to have a heist. Uh to take <laughs> it was a it was a breakout mission to take out Spill. And so uh <laughs> out of jail. And so there was all these plans being made. There were schematics like we went to go visit Matt. He was like in the orange jumpsuit. He was had this massive beard, even bigger than his current beard. <laughs> and he just looks like scraggly and horrible. And we got into a car, which was a convertible. I actually got you guys got into a car in a convertible. The day came. We were talking over the phone and I went prior to check it out to scope it out because we were going to go in different cars, you know, I for some reason. And I went there and i saw the guns that these people were holding and i was just like i can't do this like cap i can't i can't do this and you're like i need you colin i need you i need you spill needs you and i was like i can't i have a i have a son like i can't what if i get caught like I, maybe i could die i i can't i just can't i can't do this and you were like think about matt you've been friends with him for how many years i'm like i know i know and, and you're like come on our friendship is depending on this getting matt out and i was like but then we'll be fugitives for the rest of our lives and i was it was it was bad and i didn't go through with it and the end of the dream like when i woke up you and rex and doug were like storming the prison like you were gonna seduce the guard and, <laughs> um, but that's when i woke up like i was on the phone with you and you were in the process of seducing the guard it was wow interesting yeah that was a i i don't know how founded that plan was or if it would have worked i mean it's dream <laughs> stuff right but man that, yeah, I felt I felt so guilty for giving up on you. We're, you know what I we're mean? We're working like, through a lot of so things bad. right now, Colin. Yeah. What, what do you What do you think it meant in terms of your own psyche? Because that sounds very much like you're you're processing something through this narrative. I think it's just like the shift between youthful adventures and then you know having the responsibility of now being a father. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe. I mean that seems that like a, a pretty clear, obvious yeah. dissection of it. I don't know yeah. if it's the truest one because you've, yeah. you've you've done okay. I don't know if there's like some deep seated guilt about how now I honestly I feel like I'm boring. It's not that I'm not doing interesting and worthwhile and important things. You're doing amazing stuff that, with children and children's theater, and it's 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 cool. You're doing good work. No, it's it's totally cool. It's just that you know there's a, an aspect of my life where. Now you have, you have a wife and you have a house and you have a kid and, you know, and that stuff is amazing. But there's like a, a thing that you can't connect to with other people who don't have those things, you know, just like as I'm sure all of us going on our own separate journeys are experiencing as we grow up and we find out who we are and as we go through these phases of life. And it's just interesting to be still connected to these people that we used to be and still are connected to in high school and see where we're all landing in the world and how we all view the world. It's an interesting thing, but mine is very like normal. You know what I'm saying? It's very uh -huh. typical. And I think that's where some of that might be coming from. That disconnect is, you know, you're doing cool stuff. You know, you're going on this whole spiritual journey. We had that awesome trip and, you know, told me so much about your life and I'm so excited for all the things that you're doing. And it's cool and different. I don't know. I, I mean, that is true. But do you think like on a day to day, every other day basis, like, man, I wish I was doing something different. I wish I was having more adventures and I had like a bigger, weirder 
life than the, let's say, control scenario of being a spouse and having a house and having a child? You know, not really. It's pretty great. Like having a kid and like having a really great relationship and being stable in that way and a job and a house. And But having a kid and, you know, talking about the adventure stuff, like I go on adventures with him. Like we right, get to yeah. experience the world. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's cliche, but it's true. Like experiencing the world anew through the eyes of your kid. I mean, it's really cool to like go and explore and look at stuff, you know, that he's never seen before. And like kind of like train him into being this cool person that you want to hang out with, you know, and you right. hope that that also is someone that the world is also down with, you know what I mean? And then one so. day when he's 13, you're going to go to yes. a roller rink and uh, there's going to be a very <laughs> decisive <laughs> cyclical circumstance. <laughs> you're right. I should. You're right. <laughs> yeah. When he's 13, that's when he has a summer with his godparent cap and has a transformative experience about life and i think that'll be good by then i don't even know what you'll be doing who knows <laughs> it changes day to day you know this is actually this is, it must be a dreamy little corridor of time because have you heard the most recent episode of state of the empire uh not the most recent one although i do everything that i can to listen to that show i had a star wars dream nice there's a part of me that suspects I had this fascinating Star Wars dream that you can hear on the most recent episode of State of the Empire, and I won't reiterate here, because part of my consciousness as I was getting closer to waking up and was able to actually remember this stuff, you know, remembered that later in the day there was a State of the Empire episode that needed recording, or that that was going to happen soon. I, I, can't, I can't remember the timetable anymore, but it doesn't happen often that, like, podcasts influence my dreams at all. Those are very much their own bag, and I never know where they're going to go, and it's always a ride. But then, you know, you had this other one, which may have been likewise prompted by our behind the scenes Star Wars discussions or this podcast happening or something, which is odd. It's <laughs> it's odd that that happened to both of us in the same little corner of reality. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to recently? Like, what's like the thing right now that you're into? That I'm into? Yeah. Ooh. Well, that's a tough one because... As I'm sure surprise is approximately no one, I'm pretty sucked up into my various works as I've sort of bitched about <laughs> on all caps. Yeah, yeah, but like what's like the thing that kind of pulls you away from your work? No such thing exists. Ah, oh, man. That sucks. It's it's <laughs> no, no, it but it it doesn't though because like I'm in the middle of working on Cthulhu right now. Mm. And and that's obviously it's a very important thing to be working on work-wise but it's also it's it's creative and i as the fulcrum of the nerdy show network am so consumed by having to constantly balance the creative side and the business side of doing this stuff and the same thing for the consequence podcast network that the opportunity to do the creative work that i relish which is where my heart is doesn't come nearly often enough so in the case of cthulhu where i have to do so much writing and story design that's fun for me and that's absolutely 100% what's consuming me right now and it is work but it's also very much not work awesome that's great I mean I feel like that's a non-answer I feel like that's a cop-out but that's <laughs> like that's th an interview answer is what it is but, like, but it's, it's the truth you, though. Like, uh, somebody tells you like oh well what are what are your hobbies and you're like my hobbies are work and they're like great you're hired <laughs> I'd love to say, oh, yeah, no, I've been really into this, like, this really particular independent comic or, like, this other thing's going on. Um, 
there's a couple things that I can't talk about, but really, ultimately, it is Cthulhu, and until that shows out, I don't expect to have a moment to get sucked into any other world, like, you know, the time that I watched every episode of Doug and walked oh. away with some really informed opinions about that television series, which have yet to come to fruition in podcast form, but it will one day, goddammit, and, you know, other stuff oh. like that. I have not propelled myself into a little nerd nook like that in recent time because i have not had the opportunity to yeah but you you went on a big trip you went to the big apple 3 a.m oh god yes i did yeah no i went to i went to new york and uh i work in theater and so going to see shows is one of the highlights of my experience in new york let alone being able to hang out with the people that i enjoy but also we got to see the shows come from away and carousel and the shakespeare in the park rendition of 12th night but the show that i think that everyone would be interested in would be harry potter one and two that's not the title uh, of that thing what's that thing actually no, called? No, it's harry potter the cursed child parts yes. one and two or is it do parts they have names okay yeah. It's written by J.K. Rowling. It is uh, considered the eighth story in the Harry Potter universe. It is 100% canon, and it is a crazy ride that is solidly good. It is not great. It is good. The spectacle of the show is fantastic. It is very um, of the ilk of a theme park show in its (laughs) spectacularness like actually like the way that the ushers get people into their seats and hawk popcorn and shit like it feels very theme parky because you also have a lot of families and a lot of young people coming to see this piece of theater so it's a lot of people who are this is the first time they've seen a broadway show so you know there's a somewhat of a training of decorum but also there's an acceptance of where these people are at this time right now but the show is all about harry potter in his older years he is in the ministry of magic he's working as an auror and he's like the top magic police it's about his relationship with his younger son, Albus Severus Potter, who is named after Dumbledore and Snape, and uh, his adventures with Draco Malfoy's son, Scorpius, and how similar to Harry, they are infamous for being who they are, who their parents are, and yet uh, it goes the opposite direction. Instead of being kind of gregarious and fun and exciting and youthful they're kind of introverted and awkward and so the other students pick at them and are against them as opposed to instead of raising them up as as they did with harry potter they're kind of pushing these kids down so what their experience is and there's tons of nostalgia involved because I don't want to get like too spoilery, but there's time is involved in this and um, they find a time turner and they are able to go back in time to try and fix stuff and take care of things. And that they use that conceit of time to be able to revisit some of these old characters that we haven't seen in a long time because either they're dead or they have been lost to obscurity. It's an interesting piece of theater Um, And it definitely has to be consumed as part one and part two as a whole. You would be completely left out if you only saw one piece of these are separately ticketed events. 
yeah and we saw it on we saw the matinee on wednesday and then the part two in the evening and it's superbly acted by most of the actors there are some really weird moments in the show really cool moments in the show there's some odd directorial choices which limits it being great but the performances are fantastic and some of this the effects like the moment when they go in time i had no idea how they did it it was like this 808 base drop happened all the lights kind of shifted <laughs> And it looked like the skeletal structure of the theater rippled, like a ripple from the most upstage part of the theater, the very back, as you're looking from the audience to the back wall of the theater, it like rippled forward as if the steel structure was moving. And I had no idea how they did it. And it was unbelievable. Some of that stuff in there is so cool and so magical that it truly was magic on stage it was a harry potter experience and i'm so glad that i saw it we got into a lottery like a year before oh, we wow. were able to see it yeah that's crazy so, well i have yeah. one big question about this and that is yeah it sounds like obviously it's a really cool production it's very immersive it has a lot of merit to it as a play but do you feel that taking this brand new harry potter story which is normally a book, which will be inevitably adapted to a film, and making it out of nowhere be a stage play, do you feel that that was a valid choice for this story? Or do you think that it's a weird thing that happened? Well, I mean, it's interesting because the way in which it was shown can only exist as a play. So my answer to that is that, yes, it is valid and that it had merit and purpose for it to be a stage show because you were able to physically be in this place where they could control the narrative and they could truly control all of the effects that happened to make this magic seem real in a different way than like the wizarding world of Harry Potter and universal Orlando. So it allowed for a completely immersive and different experience that you would have not otherwise been able to see in a movie. And plus, all told it's like five hours and 45 minutes or so like five and a half hours mm -hmm. like all the whole piece so if they were making it into a movie they would definitely have to split it in two and even then they would have to trim some stuff out but i don't think honestly it would hold as much power as a film because seeing it on stage seeing some of the magic on stage is more interesting because it seems like, oh my God, how do they do this really real thing? Or wow, that was a simple, fun piece of magic versus seeing it on film. Like that ripple of time, I don't know, we've seen that a thousand times, right? In a movie and okay, cool. But in a stage play, it's so unbelievable. I mean, I figured it out by the eighth time they did it and I actually can do that, which is neat that <laughs> I was like, I don't want to spoil how it's done, but it's it's a projection. And I was like, oh, that's so simple. I could totally do that. Um, but it was the simplicity of it made it seem so real. It should probably be pointed out that uh, you do a lot of projection graphics work for theater. So that's why yes. you have an advantage to figuring that out. That is true. I would recommend that. And I also, Come From Away was fantastic. But I, we don't have to get into that. If you are interested in theater, check out Come From Away if you can. That show is unbelievable. Well, what else did you get up to in New York City? 
we went to the Ellis Island Museum. We've never been there before. And the people that we stayed with in New York had also never been to Ellis Island and the Immigration Museum. And that was really interesting to see the place in which so many thousands of people entered into the United States. And especially in a time when you know immigration is such a hot topic right now. And it was such an interesting look into how the world has shifted in terms of the worldview for these immigrants. At the time that Ellis Island was open, only 2% of people were turned away due to either illness or improper papers. And they honestly wanted people to be accepted, you know, to immigrate to America. Yeah, a, a, young, and, a young nation, a new nation, a virile nation. You know, these thousands and thousands of people went through this horrible experience, like 10 days on this ship for some of them, just in the holds of these human waste filled cesspools of humanity. And then coming out onto this island and seeing, you know, the Statue of Liberty and seeing America, seeing New York in the distance, this booming city and being entered onto this island and then being rushed in, an, in a language that you didn't understand to get the efficiency of the process. They were trying, they had people leave their bags in places. They were rolling people's eyes up with crochet hooks to check for a uh, disease that, uh, that is escaping me right now, but it was extremely contagious and had, it would cause blindness in people. But if they had it, they didn't send them back to their place of origin. They would, they had a hospital on the Island and they had people get better. And then they would say, yeah, cool, come on in. And it was just like such an interesting look in how the world view has changed for immigrants. And it's like, yeah, please come, come. Let's make the world more interesting and more diverse. And now it's like, no, 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 stay away. It was such an interesting um, juxtaposition between those two worldviews to be at the Immigration Museum at this time. Because it's also a state park. So the rangers there are unbelievably knowledgeable and great guides for that piece of history and unapologetic for some of the stuff that has happened there as well. Yeah, it's a great museum. And uh, my great, great grandfather was passed through there. So uh, I've got some family history in Ellis Island. Cool. Um, Most people go to the Statue of Liberty. They go to the Liberty Island. And no, they you, you got to do it all. You got to do them you both. Do it's it a package deal. Like my first time in New York, that doubleheader day happened. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
you know, that was a day. We're we're getting on the boats and we're doing the things out on the islands. <laughs> um, but I feel I feel it's that's so important to understanding New York and understanding the mythos surrounding that town. There's many many facets to it. But if you want to understand one of the oldest and most core elements to it, it is that immigrant experience from that point in time. And mm-hmm. and it's a good thing to be out there in those places where those things happened, experiencing it and experiencing the sight of seeing this national landmark as it should be, which is with your ass on a boat. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, like you, you do have to kind of huddle with a whole, you know, hundreds of people. And so, it, you know, experiencing that on a micro scale of what these people experienced was also very illuminating as we went to and through the doors of the processing center. So, Colin, I feel really self-conscious about that answer I gave about what have I been into. It is a true answer. It's a very, very true answer. But I've been racking my brain trying to say something, anything to suggest that, yes, I am an interesting person. I swear. Because, <laughs> you know, you might feel that you've become uninteresting. I, too, feel like, in spite of everything, that I've become uninteresting. Wow. Wow. Isn't that? God, we're getting old. It's, you know, it feels like it's a lot. It's like we're feeling like there's a lack of relevance. You know, it's interesting. Well, I think it's mostly because of the work that I'm doing. I understand how much is passing me by and how Mm. the ways that I'm filling my days right now for myriad reasons are different from how I used to. And I will inevitably have another time where I fall down an amazing rabbit hole and get consumed by it and (laughs) and experience something new that I want to share desperately. There is something that I have been sitting on that I've been wanting to share this whole time and haven't because I'm saving it for the next Nerdy Show episode. But I'm going to tell you what it is and and give everyone who's listening to this the opportunity to check it out before we discuss it next week. And that is a French web animation called Peepoodoo and the Super Fuck Friends. Oh, my God. Peepoodoo and the Super Fuck Friends. Yeah. This is on a website called Black Pills. When you get there, it is age-restricted, and they are going to make you do an age verification that involves them sending a code to your cell phone. And I've had a a lot of people who I've recommended this to are like, and I got that far, and I said, fuck this, too much effort. Or Brandon was like, no, this has got to be a scam. And I'm like, it's fucking not. Chill the fuck out. But just trust me that it's worth it. I'm not going to say any more about it. I'm going to save everything else for Nerdy Show next week, but... It's a good time. I'm in love with this stupid thing, and it is really, really, really fucking NSFW. I mean, there's a reason they make you jump through these hoops. Just in the off chance that for some reason you might think that this is a children's show, or that you might think it's a good idea to check this out at work. It is not, and it's also totally awesome. Wow, there are so many restrictions. It's just like, uh, yes, I am 18. Yes, I am over 18. Yes, I have a phone. Wow. Okay, I'm on the first episode called Vegetables. So at this juncture, I'm going to say, yes, so next episode, regularly scheduled Nerdy Show program. I have picked Boar up from the airport today. He is back home. He has tales to tell about Spain, and they're not necessarily the tales you might expect. And also, if you like this program, please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Let me know. I've had some very nice comments about all caps, but also even if it's not for you or if I don't know, I want to know because this this could honestly this could happen again. Now that the gang is back from all their summer vacations and everything is settled, 
we have the opportunity to regroup and figure out a sort of trajectory for the rest of the year. But at the same time, Nose the Grindstone working on Cthulhu, that's not hyperbole. That is the thing I'm doing when I'm not doing all the other day-to-day stuff that's put me in a meat grinder. (laughs) You're just like slowly getting ground no matter what you're doing. Either you're in a meat grinder or your nose is getting ground off from the grindstone. You're right. I gotta gotta pick my... um... My visual metaphors a bit. I don't know. I got to diversify my portfolio. I want you to analyze that. What What do you think that means? That you're, you know, it means I'm not loving life, Colin. I'm not loving it. <laughs> it's not ideal. But I am loving. I am loving writing Cthulhu, and I am loving a bunch of the other stuff I'm doing. And I and I and I do have a really sweet gig. Oh, hey, I, I got I got one other thing I can talk about. Um, but well, yeah, well, I got I got another thing too. If you want, okay. To, well, well yeah. we got we got two concluding things. But let me finish saying, uh, please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. That would mean a lot. If you leave a review, we'll read it on the show. Please do consider supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/NerdyShow. All the programs of the Nerdy Show Network directly benefit from this. There's so many different costs associated with putting on these shows and maintaining these shows and maintaining the network that it is very valuable. Even a dollar makes a huge difference. And in terms of Cthulhu, we will inevitably, I hope, have episodes done before their release date. And whenever they are 100% ready to go, patrons, even at a dollar, will have them early. So that's a thing you can look forward to. And there's going to be bonus perks. I mean, there's a huge file that's bonus material. And you'll only get that from being a patron do you know how many hours of bonus material that is colin oh it's not hours it's a good like seven or eight minutes of bonus material like that's quality stuff it's not just like you know random bullshitting like there's some quality stuff in that eight minutes but who knows like we're trimming it down even further so if we continue to trim it down it might have even more material in that bonus bonus file how many hours of material did we start out with 12 yeah 12 12 hours of recordings and then you sent back to me the first pass which is like i think five and a half hours yeah bravo yeah that's right colin cut the entire recording in half (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) there was quite a few things that we just had to trim and not really story it was just you know understanding how to play cthulhu because you know it's a lot of new members and it's it, good. If that shocks you and you're like, what, what all, all that stuff that I'm missing? No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't worry about it. This is standard practice for our role playing editing. It just makes things tighter and breezier, and all of our shows go through the same process and lose <laughs> quite a bit between the actual duration of the raw files and what ends up coming out the other end. Yep. That's just the machine. Also, let me mention Amazon. Shop through our Amazon links at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. If you're going to buy from Amazon, we all end up inevitably doing it sooner or later. Then at least do it through our links and you will support a small business. And that small business is Nerdy Show. (laughs) So the one thing that I wanted to bring up to you, Mm. because I thought that you would be into this, is I know that you were into kombucha. Yeah. Are you still into kombucha? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess into, I feel... The words into implies a certain degree of hipster snobbishness. <laughs> I mean, you were drinking it before it was cool. I mean, you were drinking it years ago. <laughs> I did kombucha because I find that my preferred fermented drinks are things that are herby, fruity concoctions that are more like potions than they are like a like a beer, per se. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah um, that's my thing. I mean, I haven't talked about it on the show. Or at least I don't remember talking about it. I didn't drink at all until very recently. And I haven't really taken it up as a habit, but for the longest time, it was something that I never 
started doing because I never needed it as a social motivator. And yeah. it's, well, you kind of like prided yourself that you were like, you know what? At the beginning, you were like, I don't need it. Life is a high enough high for me. I don't need it. And then it was something along the lines of like, well, I haven't started, so why start now? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because there comes to a point where you're like, you know, if you're if you're an adult who hasn't ever had an alcoholic drink, you're like, but why start? They're expensive and they taste bad. Um, <laughs> and boy, that's still true. They're they're still expensive, and the more of them I drink, the more I'm like, this is dumb. But <laughs> There are notable exceptions, and kombucha was maybe a stepping stone to that because it is very slightly alcoholic sometimes and is a fermented drink. Yeah. So yes, that was a, that was a diversion on my part. Sorry, kombucha, you were saying. Well, I, I brought that up just because I don't know if you've heard of kefir or kefir. Yeah. Okay, so I got really into it over the summer. Like I now have my own kefir going on now. And, you know, it's kind of like sourdough. Like you have to raise it and keep it going. Um, and basically what it does is it causes probiotics to go into your beverage and just like kombucha. And it's fermented. It's a fermented drink and it's a water kefir. It's not milk. The milk stuff is bleh, for me. And I put lemons in it and you have to just feed it. You have to feed it all sorts of different stuff and minerals and all that. Anyway, it's like taking care of a little pet. But. One thing that I didn't realize was that I got noticeably my mood changed. Oh, interesting. And I didn't realize it at the time. It was just kind of like the way that I would describe it is my life is 20% better ever since I started drinking this. And and I hate like, oh, it's because I say so. It's kind of anecdotal stuff. There's some scientific studies talking about, you know, the connection between the gut and the brain. Mm -hmm. And one of them specifically talked about how serotonin, which is basically something that really dictates your happiness mood, your mood, 90% of serotonin is created in your stomach. And by taking probiotics and helping your gut flora become more viable, you can actually increase the serotonin in your body. And later I found out that I had a serotonin deficiency. Wow. So I actually like, I mean, I don't want to say that this like cured my depression, but like I've always carried some darkness with me. I've always carried anger with me. I've always carried, you know, things that I, I generally keep in check pretty often, but there are some times where I go into some deep holes and I don't want to say that it's like I'm cured, but it's unbelievably helped my mood and experience with the world like things just don't bother me as much as they used to i'm much more even killed everything's just like yeah that's cool that's fine like everything is so much just better and i stopped drinking it for a while just to see if that was the case and the stuff start like the feelings start coming back so i bet some of it is real and some of it is placebo sure but there is definitely an effect and I just thought that it was an interesting sciencey thing that I was experiencing because also too, so many other people are also ex starting to experience this as they are going through this process themselves. But I would recommend it. It's pretty easy to take care of these little critters and you just get a big old jug and pour in water and every two or, you know, day and a half, two, three days, well, you filter that water and you drink it and then you put in more water, put in more sugar and fruit if you want and uh you know a little bit of minerals uh, I mean, it sounds and, it sounds uh, exactly like taking care of a sourdough yeast 
it is that. I mean, it's little critters. I got I got so. a question though, Colin. I mean, taking care of kefir is a very specific thing to start doing out of the blue. How did you start doing it out of the blue? Well, there was a lot of stuff going on at my work, and I go to therapy and all that kind of stuff. I, it, you know, I'm not against like medications and all that kind of stuff, but I would prefer to not be medicated. And so I were just looking in some just different stuff trying to make a change you know what i mean i saw the man in the mirror and i wanted to make a change for once in my life and uh kefir was just something that i kept seeing come up like this probiotics 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 whatever and so i was like oh what a fuck it i'll give it a try and i ordered 20 bucks on amazon some kefir from um florida lo and behold (laughs) and and it worked and it worked really well like my life is 20 percent better it sounds like you were doing a bunch of lifestyle changes and didn't actually expect that this was going to – or even know that this was actually going to affect your mood. You were just doing a sort of health food kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'll give it a shot. Like, you know what I mean? Like how you like, oh, I'll go on a cleanse or I'll sure, you know, sure. like, stop eating meat or you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing just to see. Like I've always been a really curious person and I like to try stuff yep. and I wanted to give it a try. So I, I did. Feel. And it just wasn't something that I expected and it was something so strange that – occurred that i then did the research afterwards about like can this stuff influence your mood and it turned and that's when i found out about the serotonin stuff so it's really interesting and i bet there's probably people who are like nah that's bullshit blah 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 i mean like sure that's fine but i recommend this to anybody at least trying it for two weeks and see if it changes something going on in your life. Because I had a deficiency, so this helped like boost that stuff. Other people, you wouldn't necessarily see an effect because they don't have a deficiency. So, so it was so cool. It was that, so that, awesome. I'm, one, I'm so happy. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, what a gift to find something that, that improves your life like that out of the blue. Um, yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled that... that that you've had this experience. That's so cool. And two, I think one of the most important things that we as creatures of the degree of sentience that human beings are can do is to focus more on the notion that we are a collection of microorganisms and because the very fact of our existence is we have our consciousness and our consciousness is such a powerful thing in the human experience that it undermines even our science that shows us how Every part of our day-to-day life that we take for granted is because we are ourselves our own little islands in the stream of life, you know, with our own little tribes of creatures living on it. And we are such complex machines that it really does require a degree of observation and gratitude to all of the parts of our body that enable us to exist. There's plenty of diseases and conditions that are insurmountable or require hard fixes or surgery or other things, but there are a lot of solutions that are worth considering that oftentimes do get eyes rolled at them by most people, and that's just not right. Because if you are truly a science-minded person, then you will accept the fact that you at all times know nothing, and it's trial and error, it's experience. If you as a scientist or science-minded person assert a doctrine over your belief, then you are no better than someone who believes something without question. Mm, well, that's, yes, yeah. That's something that I, I, I see again and again and again. Believing in science actually requires that you keep your mind extremely open. Mm-hmm. Like, if you trust in the numbers, 
if you trust in the experience of physical reality and our ability as humans to discover all the components that make it, then you have to keep your mind wide open because how many paradigm shifts have there been in the past hundred years alone that have changed the way that not just scientists, but people in general, regular people don't even know where this information comes from, but take for granted how the knowledge of that information has shifted their own reality and the way that they perceive it or the terminologies that they use. Mm -hmm. We're constantly making the universe bigger and we can't close our minds off to anything. Yeah. And like, you know, what's the harm? Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. that what's the harm? And also, too, like, what's the harm not only of you trying something out to see if you can find that empirical data for yourself? Like, for me, like, I tried it to see, like, oh, this seems like bullshit, but let me give it a try and see what's going on. Like, you know, whatever. But then, you know, I had this profound, different effect, and I drink it every day now. And it's, oh God, it's just so great. And I'm so grateful for the fact that I gave it, that that yeah. gave a chance to something, you know? That's wonderful. You know, it's what hubris to have this idea that you know better than someone else to a degree that is so close-minded. I don't know. And, and but that's also like, you know, and now we're creeping into like, oh, well, anti-vaxxer territory and shit like that. <laughs> that is not the case. Vaccinate your kids, like fucking vaccinate your kids. But like, there's no harm in like drinking some, you know, little critters that you grew in a jug that they're supposed to be consumed. And, you and, know, yeah, and and, and, and dig it. Like, if you if know? you start taking good care of kefir, then get some sourdough and make some kick-ass pancakes. Yeah, I might. I'm, I'm probably gonna have to. Although taking care of these little guys is even, even even though like it's only like a day and a half or two to every two days, like it's still it's it's a lot. It, since it's such a repetitive task, and if you can play Pokemon Go, like if, if you've ever yeah, loved totally a Tomagotchi, is. It is. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> if you have time to waste, you can fucking feed this goldfish. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Tamagotchi. I, I mean, I got. I was the one who got that little man. I got a little man on Tamagotchi. Uh, what? Yeah, like back in the day, remember when we had those things? I remember when you had those things, yeah. <laughs> okay, so like the, the final form, like it was, you got an egg and then you had the thing hatched and then it changed into something else. For me, it changed into a little man. Okay, did he, apparently, did, did he apparently visit you I, at night? It, that's like unbelievably rare. Huh. So... Okay. I'm just saying. I'll take your I can word take on care it. of little creatures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, were, you were a big fan of Seaman as well. I was. I got. I love fucking Seaman. I bought a Sega Dreamcast just for Seaman. Colin, it, it seems as though it's always been your destiny to take care of tiny men. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was <laughs> tiny men inside me. Um, <laughs> Do you remember the living doll from the Tick? He was one of the uh, yes. the older superheroes. Yep. I'm filled yep. with tinier men. <laughs> now that's a battle cry. Yep. Oh man. Oh god. Yeah. So I'm just saying. If you are curious about anything, give it a shot. Like, what's the what's the harm? Like, if it's if as long as it's something that's like you know safe or that you can do safely, go for it. Who cares? I agree, and I've got a little bit of a story that is far far too long for this show and far too complicated for I don't know I don't know if I'm ever gonna bother with a full public dissertation on it, but. I allowed myself to indulge a lot of passing whims of things that had piqued my interest over the years. And when I gave myself the opportunity to throw caution to the wind and follow those to the extent that I was feeling in my heart, it absolutely changed my life. 
and that's a long, long story. But yeah, echoing what Colin said, that the moral of this episode of All Caps <laughs> is, uh, is try everything. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> so my last thing is that I applied for a job with Cards Against Humanity. They were hiring recently, and I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what's happening. Honestly, I don't even know what the position necessarily entails in terms of work hours and, and all that. I'll just, I'm just going to see what happens. But their trial by fire into applying for a much coveted position with what is, like I, I assume, the best-known card game outside of Magic the Gathering these days. <laughs> and I would say even more so. Like I, That game is ubiquitous across all yeah. creeds and cultures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they asked all applicants to create five black cards and 15 white cards. And that was uh, an interesting challenge. And especially writing black cards is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. They're fantastic. Like, your black and white cards were fantastic. Well, thank you. By the end of it, having come up with so many and trimmed the fat and attempted to create the selection of them that was, I felt, going to show the dynamism of what I was capable of as a writer it's been an interesting journey and I'm very uh, happy with what I've made and I'm excited to fill out the handful of blank cards that I have from some boosted packs and uh, integrate these in a, into future games and see how they play out with unsuspecting friends and associates. <laughs> I don't think there was any kind of NDA associated with not revealing the content that I created for this, but uh, I don't know. What's your favorite black card and your favorite white card, Colin? Uh, my favorite black card of, there are many that were great but i think one of my fa i think my favorite is warm your suburban home with the scent of yankee candles blank trademark <laughs> the trademark is what sells it for me like, <laughs> like, like like one of your one of your white cards that you would put with it uh warm your suburban home with the scent of Yankee Candles <laughs> Smurf Pussy. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> With the scent of Yankee Candles Smurf Pussy. <laughs> Trademark. It's so good. What does that smell like? <laughs> like figs and a soft cheese. <laughs> And a soft like a brie it's it smells smurfing awesome is what it smells like Colin. <laughs> maybe there's like some blue raspberry aspect in there <laughs> well hey um, that's funny do you know, you know do you some know? beaver anus yeah 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 oh, that's yeah. right you know what you know where that flavor comes from and you like it <laughs> i want them to squirt the gland right in my mouth oh god well, as soon as i found out about that i was just like give me more give me more of that beaver anus <laughs> i want it although i did do some research and they no longer does that anymore. Ah, oh, dang it. Where can I, I go? To, do I need to go to Canada to get to get that OG blue ras flavor? <laughs> you got to get it imported. Yeah. You got to get that imported, that sweet imported blue raspberry beaver. Oh, man, I got that sweet shit, man. <laughs> I got that beaver anus shit, man. It comes from the sweetest, most virgin beavers, man. I'm talking pure shit. I'm uh, talking that pure blue raspberry shit. Optimal <laughs> gland expression. Oh man, that should be a good. That would be a good white card. <laughs> Optimal uh, gland expression or beaver taint blue raspberry. <laughs> blue beaver taint blue raspberry. <laughs> oh man, I have no idea if anybody's going to find any of this at all entertaining. But I had a good time. I had a good time too. I mean, 
Colin lives in Nashville. I live in Orlando. We get the opportunity to have a phone conversation that's not work-related. I don't know, maybe every four months. <laughs> so this is a real treat. A real treat. A real treat. And I want to also thank Kyle, a.k.a. Dean the Mighty, for vocalizing what was on my mind all last episode when I was saying Colin episode. And he said, I'm not Colin, I'm Kyle. <laughs> I was thinking it, he said it, and then I just thought, you know, God damn it, let's make it happen. You know what? If ever you want to do an all-caps Colin episode, I'm down. I, if, <laughs> if, if people are into it, well, let, let's do it. This was great. Yeah. Thanks, folks, for listening. Hopefully you've had a, as good a time as we have, or at least a portion of that. Hopefully it's, it's t- <laughs> hopefully it's time well spent. Maybe you laugh. Maybe you learn something. I don't know. This is all caps, and it's a, it's a thing that we did. We can say that we did it, and beyond that, that's up to you. How will history remember this quadrilogy of episodes? <laughs> Who can say? I'm not That's writing right. those history books. You are. The power is yours. <laughs> now give me some of that sweet, sweet, sweet mostified. Oh, yeah. The opening and the closing has been Believe in the Dream, performed by the most, sung by Charlie Hondrick, a.k.a. Coach Hop, to find out where you can get this tune and a bunch of other amazing tunes from one of the best Florida bands you've never heard of. Follow the links on this episode's page and do check out Charlie's latest music. You haven't heard the last of them on the Nerdy Show Network either. We're cooking up some stuff. So keep your ears peeled and um, believe in the dream, folks. On a bright night like tonight when nothing is yours and everything is yours Listen to these words Issued forth They tell you Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.